Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Sorry. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of uh, Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the episode. Uh, Please do hit the subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I am talking with Natalie Imbruglia. It's about her new album called uh, Firebird, her first album of new material in over a decade. And the Australian-British singer-songwriter is going to tell us about the uh, the writer's block that had her sidelined for the better part of the last decade. Uh, having a strong theme of independence on the record and conjuring Bonnie Tyler and the 80s on the single Maybe It's Great. And Brulia is also going to tell us about working with Albert Hammond Jr. and being a self-professed uber-fan of The Strokes and also using the author Eckhart Tolle as inspiration. So let's do it. Discussing Firebird, it's Kyle Meredith with Natalie Imbruglia. Hi, how you doing? So first off, congratulations. Uh, it has been a while. I mean, we got a, we got mail, uh, which was what, six years ago now? And it's been over 10 years since uh, original music, but it's so great to have this. And it's, it, I'm not the only one that thinks that. Uh, you've hit the charts over in the UK. Uh, just congratulations. That, that's a good place Thank to start. You. Thank you. It's been fun. I'm having a good time. It's been a really good time. After a difficult period of writer's block, so. And you've talked about that too. I mean, um, writer's block kind of leading into this. So, but eventually, eventually you got past that. So what kicked off the writing for the album? Was there a specific point? You know, when I toured the the covers album, Mail, I missed singing my own stories. So that's really what inspired me to get back out there. And, and the fans were just expressing that they wanted to hear what I had to say. So those two things combined, and then I found when I went to try and write that I couldn't write. So um, I, I guess it was just discipline. Songwriting's a discipline, so I just had to stick at it, um, be prepared to kind of be uncomfortable and, and, and write some songs that maybe I wasn't loving. And also just finding your feet with your own opinion in a songwriting room can take a minute. So once I kind of got back into it, it was... Um, the floodgates opened. And I think it also coincided with me becoming a mom. And I think that um, freed me out creatively as well. There is, um, I'm not the only one who said this, a very strong sense of independence that does kind of show itself throughout all the songs. And I don't know if that, you know, is looked at as a central theme, um, but it's definitely noticeable. 
And, and, and as you're saying, you know, what your fans wanted to hear from you and where you landed, what made that such a strong message throughout the record independence? I think it was just what I was living through. I mean, I had some pretty major things going on with my life. I think for a long time, I was trying to be in a relationship after my divorce. Um, and I think, so there were all these epiphanies of like, I'm fine on my own. I can be a mother on my own. These are big life aha moments. And I think, uh, you know, it was great things to write about, but it was, I was living through it. So I think that's why it's a very personal album and why people resonate with it so much is because um, I was probably trying to tell myself a lot of those things as well. Um, and and it was also a celebration of that and the road less traveled is pretty cool. And um, I was kind of getting into my, getting into my power and getting, getting stronger and, and so, and I was really happy as well. There's some lines on here and especially one jumped out to me, even when you're talking right now, it, it says, uh, if you tell yourself you're broken, then you just might break. Yeah. And these should probably be obvious things, but I know we, I think we all have to tell ourselves these things every now and then. Am I, I mean, as you're saying, I guess a lot of this sounds like you're trying to tell yourself these things as you're going along. Was that the case? Well, I think that's where, where there, that's where it starts, isn't it? I think when you're anticipating something, often the anticipation or the fear of something is worse than the event. And so all of these decisions and things were ahead of me at the time. So I was trying to get myself into a place of being okay with the choices I was making. Um, and it's like build it better. It's about letting things fall apart to create something better. And and you know, sitting here now, that's exactly what I did. Um, so it's a, it's kind of faking it till you make it, I guess. In a way, you have to you have to try and at least direct yourself towards the things that you want. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to kind of spiral and wallow. <laughs> so yeah, and and I think especially with the Katie Tunstall song and uh, Nothing Missing. I was, I remember her coming to the house and I was like, I've just, I've got to get this thing off my chest. And it was really important to me to express that I'd realize, you know, all this time I was trying to change or be different or fix myself and there was nothing missing. So yeah, some of them I'd already realized and some of them I was kind of getting there. Manifesting uh, in, a, in a way. Cheesy, but it's true. Yeah, right. There's another thing I, I was curious, like, when I was listening to these songs and just knowing some of the uh, your history in the music business, uh, what you've dealt with with record labels through the years, I know that's been sort of part of you know some of the album stories, and it sounds like like uh, what it's like uh, that one right there uh, talking about the sounds of your career and independence, but then dropping in a relationship. It, it, am I hearing it right like that, it, or am I just hearing it because you know I know part of the history? You know, it, did, did you ever work like that? Um, I'm trying to think specifically. Do you mean what it feels like? Is that the song you meant, or? Yeah, that's that's the one I, I wrote down uh, specifically that came to mind. What it feels like was more about becoming a mum. I think that song was just pure celebration of that feeling. Um, but yeah, look, I mean. I've often said with songwriting, you might have a particular intention about what something's about, but there could be five different things running parallel that that song's about. For example, Firebird, which is the title track on the album. I had all these ideas. That was the last song to be written. And that came when we were working on the artwork. And I suddenly 
was talking to Simon Proctor, who's who did the photography and the graphics. And I said, this is my Phoenix Out of the Ashes album. And, and he's, he's put a password that was Firebird. And I was like, oh, I'm a Firebird. That's the title. I have to write the song. So it was this calling up Romeo and saying, no pressure, we've got 24 hours. The head of the label was saying it's too late. And I was like, this is, you don't understand. This is, um, and that song was going to be, you know, things I wanted to say to my son, but it ended up being about so many other things because the second day of writing was the funeral of one of my dear friends. And so all these other themes started running into my head. And so I often say with songs, they're kind of already in the ether. You've just kind of got to get out the way and let them come through. And you might have an idea what they're about, but it could end up being about something completely different. That's a beautiful song, by the way. I mean, so many of those times in, in music history, we hear about that, like it was the last song. It wasn't even going to be on the record. It ends up just being, you know, such a, a marker for the moment. Yeah, um, it's funny. And you've got to be open to that. I mean, yeah, it's very easy to get bogged down with your track listing and think this is it. And uh, But now more than ever, I guess, you can just, you know, put songs out all the time. Well, that's what the kids say anyway. I'm a bit old school. <laughs> I like the albums myself too. It's not really a question, just a marker too. I really love the feel of Not Sorry. I don't know what you were going for there, but it's such a, a really good groove on that track. It's a great groove, right? Whenever I work with Egg, I never know what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, he he just had that groove playing when I walked in the room. I'm like, I love this. This is not something I would normally do, but I'm loving it. And I think the attitude of that and the kind of, two fingers up to people who have any issue with you being different. I really loved the idea of that. So he's fun to work with. I, that's what I love about Egg. I mean, I, I don't know if you know my song Shiver, but I worked that with Egg White as well. And we he's so varied with what he can do. So you walk in there and whatever mood you're in, whatever you're feeling, he'll he'll provide something always with a bit of a twist. He's He's got a very different approach to me and we always end up meeting in the middle and coming up with something great. It's good chemistry right there. Mm -hmm. And those moments happen throughout here. I mean, uh, you know, it's been talked about too, but maybe it's great. I mean, what a very fun song, uh, really conjuring what it sounds like the 80s. Was there, a, was there a certain point of the 80s that you were going for there? Because you nailed whatever it was. <laughs> Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bonnie Albert. Tyler. Albert was very much referencing Bonnie Tyler. Um, so we were in Byron Bay when we wrote that song and um, and yeah, Albert just started getting that 80s vibe going on and I was all about it. And so, yeah, it just grew from there, but he was so much fun to work with and he had Gus with him, who's his engineer producer, and we just jammed. Um, it was a slightly different way of doing it. We had the microphone just in the room there and. I felt a little bit under pressure to deliver, but they were so, they made me so comfortable and it was so much fun. And um, I really love how the track turned out. I think it's just, it's got a good sense of humor and it's good fun. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, the, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. 
Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Yeah, it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick story wrapping around to something I'm going to make a point I'm going to make about this song, too. Uh, I had Albert, of course, for you all watching, we're talking about Albert Hammond Jr. of the Strokes uh, specifically. I had Albert in the studio a couple of years back when on one of his solo records. And um, right before he goes on live on air, uh, he says, are we live? And I said, yeah. He goes, so I guess I can't cuss. And I said, I suppose not. And then he proceeds to say the F word eight <laughs> times during the song and looked me in the eye every single time he did it which by the way i loved it was a great moment um i i I go to point that out because this track is of course the only one that has an explicit e on it when i go it's the only one you cuss it of course it is because albert hammond jr is behind it well it's actually my fault and it's quite a gentle swear word as far as swear words go i assure you i can cuss better than that (laughs) but um no (laughs) we had a really yeah a really good time. I didn't even think about that even being a thing. And it has to have a little warning on the album. And it's like, I was like, what did I even swear? But um, yeah. yeah. Who cares these days, you know? That's 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 the funny part about it. It, is. it. it isn't the first time you've mixed in with the Strokes too. You On Mel, you covered Instant Crush, which Daft Punk, but it's got Julian, uh, that, that song there. Is that coincidence? I mean, where does your relationship with this band start? Because it's deeper than it seems. I don't think it is. I mean, I'm just an Uber fan. I was probably one of their original front rowers at their shows, um, always floating around going, hi guys, you're awesome. So I'm just a fan. And I think I met them in New York in a Japanese restaurant one night and we had a really fun night hanging out. So that's how I met them like that. But obviously I'm a massive fan of their work. And I don't know what Julian thought about me covering that song, but the lyrics are so poignant and I really um, didn't hear them in the original. And so I was really excited to sing that song because I just loved, I loved the lyrics as well. So um, I don't even know what he thinks about that. I was too scared to ask him. But Albert and I have been friends a long time and he had talked about us writing together years ago. And to be honest, I was too scared. So I think with this newfound confidence, I rang him up and said, are you still up for writing a song with me? And luckily he said yes. So, I mean, he's the coolest cat in town. What are you going to do? He said yes. I got lucky. We had this great time. And he did his thing. I mean, having his guitar in the room is like, you've got his voice, my voice, and then his guitar voice. So melodically, it's just so fun to write with someone who plays that well. He, uh, on his Instagram, he mentioned, it, or he alluded to, it seemed like, that you all did a few songs together. Um, and one made the album. Are there more that just maybe what they didn't work or out there in the, the vaults, the ether? I might use some of the others, yeah. We had, it. We had. Um, I think there was. there's one other that was in the mix, which might we might still do something with. We might want to have another day in the studio with that one. But um, I would love to do more writing with him. He's very versatile. And he's a great songwriter. So, yeah, if he's up for it, there'll be there'll be more. <laughs> How is that with with co-writers? Uh, you know, so you've got Albert Honey, you mentioned KT and, and all of them. When you're talking about something like this album, which you've said, you know, is such a personal record and it's obviously a very personal record. How is that process when you're trying to give all of your feelings to someone else, uh, you know, or parts of them, I guess? 
Well, I've always seen myself more as a communicator of emotion than a very good songwriter or an artist or any of those things. And I think the more I've got comfortable with that, the easier it is for me because I'm just all I have to do is be who I am. Um, and so each song, the way I approach it and the people that I work with, I'm wanting to work with them because I'm a fan of what they do. So they're bringing their vibe into that track. And I'm trying to make the emotion, the emotional intention of what I'm trying to say land. So that's usually the most important thing to me. Um, and yeah, you, you know, I think as the years go on, you get better at it. And I've learned not to turn up with homework and poetry and um, it's just so clunky that doesn't work. So, you know, you have to be open and you chat. And so the more comfortable I can be with the person that I'm with, uh, the easier it is to walk around the room with a dictaphone and start singing melodies over chords they're playing. I mean, it's just weird and random, right? And I also like to sing about very private things. So I have to kind of have those conversations early on and say I'm going through this thing. And so if you don't feel comfortable, then that's really hard to do. Um, so over the years, I've cultivated these relationships. And then sometimes there's new people that you have to go through that first bit with. But it's in, that's why it's so humbling to find people like Albert or Romeo Stoddard, who are just so selfless and, you know, give you this space where you can pour your heart out. And they, if you're having a, a difficult day with it, they're like, it's okay. We don't have to write today. Let's just chat or go have a drink, you know, and we'll start again tomorrow. And so you're like, oh, cool. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm the boss. I don't have to actually. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for all the collaborators on this album. Did that change at all? Like what was any of this done during pandemic, during lockdown? Does that change how you get comfortable with someone? A lot of the writing was done before lockdown. So I was in Nashville. I mean, talk about speed dating strangers. That's that, that was intense. Um, and that was the turning point of my writer's block. So I apologize to anyone I wrote with that I was kind of like terrified because I was still overcoming my writer's block. But um, yeah, I think it's just, it's just such a, a, a bizarre random thing to do with strangers. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right down the road, right up the road, I guess, from uh, Nashville here in Louisville, and get down there every now and then, and to witness that. I mean, you know, obviously, I wasn't around to see the Brill Building days up in New York and how that worked, but I imagine it's something like that. It's, it's such a weird process. You know, it's wonderful though because it's still a discipline. So you got to show up. And the start of my Nashville trip, I didn't have an opinion in the room, and that was part of the problem was that I didn't have the confidence to say, I would never say that, that's not me. Or, mm, you know, I, I'm not really feeling that R&B vibe or whatever, you know. So I think by the end of Nashville, I was finding my voice and speaking out and saying that's not quite how I would do it and kind of getting, finding my feet again. And it was a, a wonderful chat I had with Caroline Watkins about, you know, I guess relationship stuff with both we both had in common and we wrote that song when you love too much and it was such a turning point for me and it was a reminder that oh this is why i love what i do we're chatting about something that we both do in relationships and you know we allowed that conversation to happen there's a song forever that exists because we bonded over this thing and that's really beautiful it sounds like this was written before as you said but uh, having a song like human touch that suddenly 
starts to speak at least for maybe the last year or so. That's, um, I know you can't plan those things, but they're always interesting when they happen. I mean, human touch, build it better. That sounds like the theme tune for coming out of a pandemic. I assure you it was written before it, but I think because of the issues I was dealing with personally, it does coincide with what the whole world was going through. Um, human touch was actually a conversation about Eckhart Tolle. And I was telling Romeo, cause he'd never heard about him, about the epiphany he had when he was about to jump off the bridge. And he was like, what's the voice in my head that's listening to me? Cause he was like, I'm depressed. I don't want to live anymore. And so it was that conversation that inspired that song. Um, and this is where I think it's cool when you're comfortable enough, um, to allow those conversations to happen because beautiful songs like human touch come out of it. But I think for the lockdown part of it, I'd already done the songwriting. So it was just the recording part. And as a new mum, I don't know if there's any other new mums out there or dads, but it was nice. I was nesting. So being at home was okay. So I, I didn't have such a bad lockdown experience. I understood that. Had it, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of us parents felt that way. I mean, my my son was the same way. You know, he's he's older now. He's a teenager, but still, you know, just he was home every day. It was sort of great. You know, just. But, but did you have to do the um, homeschooling? See, I feel like I got off lightly because my baby was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm lucky. His virtual school actually was great. I mean, his because his regular school they just did such a great job at the virtual teaching that I just sort of popped in every now and then and made sure everything was good and he had a good, you know, good role of it. So now, back now, but. I think for people that weren't comfortable being alone with themselves, then it was really hard. But if that's something you're okay with, I think um, it was a little bit easier for me. I'm already a natural isolate. So I mean, I hide away anyway. <laughs> goes with a lot of us. Uh, <laughs> this record is, is so, so great, Natalie. Um, and there's more to come of it. I mean, will uh, a full tour is that uh, is that on the way as well? I mean, if I have anything to do with it, there's going to be a tour. I've got another single coming out. Um, things have been really exciting here. It's being received really well, and I'm I I would love to take the album as many countries as I can um, touring. But obviously, these things have to make sense with pandemics and budgets. And but it's certainly something that I'm passionate about. Uh, getting up on stage and getting to to play these songs live and my band would love that too so we've got some festivals lined up for the start of next year and then we hope to roll out a tour well i hope to catch one of those uh those shows live too uh congratulations really it's a fantastic record a uh, a great uh rise of the from the ashes that you've done here so <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time i appreciate it yeah, no thank you for taking the time to talk about it and uh and we'll see you soon see you soon bye Big old thanks to Natalie Imbruglia. The new album is called Firebird. Thanks to you as well, again, for checking out the episode. I do hope you hit the uh, subscribe button so you can keep up with uh, all the interviews that we put out. Three brand new ones every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, including uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith, and on TikTok, at Kyle M. Meredith. Uh, I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
Consequence Podcast Network. A little bit of a technical issue. How are you doing? It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.